You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. I want to start off tonight uh, kind of on our somber tone here. Um, if you haven't heard by now, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, remains in critical condition tonight after suffering a cardiac arrest mid-game Monday night football last night. His uncle told news outlets this evening that he's still sedated and after being resuscitated twice, but he has been trending upwards in a positive way. It was really hard to watch last night, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, when I saw the ambulance come out on the field, I didn't, you know, I thought it was not good. I've never seen an ambulance come out during an NFL football game. And the reaction by the players um, told the entire story. Uh, so I just wanted to start off by, you know, saying prayers are with DeMar Hamlin, his entire family, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals. I cannot fathom what they're going through. Uh, some things are just bigger than football. Uh, life or death situation that transpired live on television last night. And it was it was tough to watch. Yeah, and I think from that same uh, statement that his uncle put it out, uh, he, he did say that last night he required 100% breathing on the ventilator, and, and today he had uh, progressed to only need it 50% of the time. So uh, he is progressing in the right direction. And um, and like you mentioned, uh, prayers out to him and his family. Uh, shout out to the coaches, uh, Zach Taylor and um, uh, McDermott. Uh, I think when it originally happened, the NFL told him they had five minutes to uh, kind of like stretch and I guess get it off their minds and get back to playing. And then coaches met together and, uh, and said, no, this isn't, we're, we're not playing tonight. So they went to the locker rooms and uh, it kind of sounded like the coaches put their foot, put their uh, foot down and, and told the league that, you know, our players aren't going back on the field. They just saw something horrendous happen with their teammate. And, and like you had said, it's bigger than football. I mean, it, a, a man's life, was on the line and uh, their reactions told everything. And uh, at the end of the day, football is a game and it's not more important than anybody's life. So uh, the NFL should have called it quicker than they did last night. And I think waiting around and uh, shout out to all the reporters, uh, Scott Van Pell and Booger McFarland and, and everybody that did such a tremendous job kind of putting uh, life and, uh, and just everything into perspective. Uh, they, they did a great job off the cuff and, really humanized the whole entire situation. Um, but I think the NFL hopefully has uh, learned a lesson from this and, and hopefully can, can consider player health uh, a major priority um, because up to this point, it's been not obviously uh, one of their top priorities. And I think the Players Association and players themselves would agree with that. Yeah, I just want to reiterate your thoughts too uh, from the coaches to the players, ESPN as a whole. Um, you said it's Scott Van Pelt, uh, Ryan Clark, Lisa Salters, um, reporting during that was just uh, raw and uh, what was needed during that time. Uh, 
you know, through it all, the tragic situation, there was some good that came out of it too. Happy to report tonight that Chasing M's Foundation, there's a community toy drive that was started by DeMar Hamlin, I believe, two years ago. Uh, original goal was $2,500. That GoFundMe, since what transpired last night, has raised over $5.3 million. So just incredible work, what shows what, you know, through a lot of negativity we've seen over the last couple of years that our country can come together and support a, support a cause that's important at this moment. So again, our thoughts and prayers with Damar Hamlin and his family. Now a really rough transition, but we do got to talk about the Panthers football game this past weekend. Um, not the way we wanted it to go, obviously. They fall to the Buccaneers, their playoff hopes, uh, and, you know, a really end, uh, a good end to an, uh, an up and down season comes to a close after this past weekend. Just initial thoughts, Bryson, on the game. Yeah, I mean, obviously the loss of J.C. Horn loomed large uh, in this game. C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor just were kind of the crux of the whole entire game, I feel like. Um, covering Mike Evans was a task that they obviously were not up to. Uh, I think he went for like 207 yards and three touchdowns. It was that Julio Jones performance from a couple years ago, but they've been wickery covering them. Uh, it felt like uh, – I thought Sam Darnold played well. Um, hey, he had three turnovers, but the two fumbles, you could say, really aren't on him. Um, and then the interception was – it was a pretty bad interception, but uh, if you'll take 300-and-some-odd yards, three touchdowns, and an interception from Darnold um, any day of the week. But I uh, thought he played well. The run game didn't get going, which was a big issue for the offense. Uh, but um, they, they still put up 24 points at the end of the day, and the, the defense just didn't do their job. And I think a big turning point in this game was early in the in the first and the second quarter, I believe Wilkes had two opportunities to go for it on fourth and less than one at midfield, and he chose to punt both times. Uh, and, and at one point, the Panthers were up 14 nothing, and then I think the other one was when they were up 7 nothing. And Carolina just – they had the opportunity on the road to really just take control of the game and – and we all knew that 14 points was not a insurmountable lead for Tom Brady, and it proved not to be. But Wilkes is just that conservative, defensive-minded head coach who does not take chances like that, that who does not believe in that style of play. And this it just continues to take me back to – I really – I'm back and forth every week, and it, it's, it's hard because Wilkes did do a, a very good job with the hand that he was dealt. But I at the end of the day – I think Wilkes has showed us what Wilkes is, and he is—he is a very good leader of men. Um, he is a—he de a decent-minded, uh, defensive-minded head coach um, that struggled against the Bucks on this past Sunday. Uh, really didn't understand some of the matchups and assignments on defense, but um, and and I think that he deserves an opportunity, especially to to interview for the job. Um, but I would not be surprised if Carolina goes another way. Um, just just for a fresh start, like I've been preaching this whole entire time that since he's taken over is, is the fresh start in Carolina. And um, we'll get into some rumors later. But I think uh, I think Wilkes will definitely be in the running. But I just I really don't think that he's going to be the choice for the next head coach in Carolina. Um, and then one other point uh, before I let you go, Curtis, uh, 
your guy, Brian Burns, where was he Sunday? He did absolutely nothing in the biggest game of his career, in the biggest game that he's been in Carolina. He had two pressures uh, that I could tell and zero sacks, zero tackles for loss. Uh, I mean, it was one of his worst performances I've, I've seen. Uh, he absolutely, the Carolina Panthers needed him Sunday, and he was a no-show. And, and this is something that continues to pop up on Brian, on Brian Burns throughout his career is this inconsistency where he one game he, he looks like the best offensive end in the league, and then the next game he's quiet. And this was against a Bucks defensive line that was depleted. He should have he should have made his money this past Sunday, but a no-show when Carolina needed him most. Uh, really was disappointing for me. Yeah, I'll start there. Um, it's hard to defend. He didn't play well at all. Um, he had a couple plays that forced pressure inside, but other than that, there was nothing in this game. Didn't have a sack, like you said. Had two hurries, one hit in the game. You know, your star players on your team, they need to show up in big games, and he didn't. And... I don't know what has to change to fix that, but he needs, I mean, he has to show up in games like this and when it counts and when they need him, especially when they have one of their other star players on defense out in JC Horn. It was disappointing. It doesn't discount. He's still a good player, but he needs to show up in those games, in big games. Star players on other teams, edge rushers show up big in big games and he failed to do that on Sunday. Um, he's been inconsistent. It seems the last couple of games, uh, he had two sacks first Detroit kind of went unnoticed in Pittsburgh had a decent game. Yeah. He had a pretty good game in Seattle and then in Denver, he had a really good game as well. So again, he just needs to get it together consistently um, and it was frustrating. I, I, I knew you'd bring it up, uh, deservedly. So I've been harping on you for when you're calling him out. So I get it. Uh, but he, yeah, he definitely has to show up. It was not a, not a great performance on his end. And speaking of that defensively, Carolina's corners, their depth beyond, I know people harped on him, but beyond Dante Jackson and JC Horn is, is thin. C.J. Henderson, a guy we thought was going to really take the next step this year in his uh, in his development since Fitterer traded for him. He's just not cut it at all. Very inconsistent. He's had flashes here and there this season, but overall has not been good. And Keith Taylor just not cut out, you know, for right at least right now for taking on. Um, some of the best wide receivers in the game. He's just not cut out for it. As a third or fourth rotational guy, yeah. But for him to come out and to take on some of these guys uh, for the skill level he's at right now, he's just, it's not there. So a little disappointed, a little disappointed. We didn't see more of Josh Norman. I get it. The guy was, you know, working at a coffee shop a couple of weeks ago and hasn't played football in a while. But if you're going to bring in a guy like that, and only come and only play him for one really meaningful snap, which was like in the second quarter, I think it was on a third down, and the pass was thrown uh, kind of out of Godwin's or Julio Jones's reach. 
Uh, he did play Jones tight there, but I mean, the throw wasn't there. So for him to only play that one meaningful play and then come in later and play nine really unmeaningful snaps at the end of the game when it was kind of over at that point was really disappointing. I mean, I get it. I, I feel like Wilkes brought him in to be more of a leadership in the locker room, and I'm sure he taught maybe C.J. Henderson. I think it was C.J. Henderson, one of the corners. The, oh, no, it was, it was Sam Franklin with the peanut punch. Um, but I feel like the way the corners were playing, it, they should have rotated him in at least a little bit more than he, what he was in there for, which was really disappointing. But, yeah. C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor, big letdown. You know, Wilkes challenged those guys kind of like he challenged Eddie when he had a poor kicking game, and they just did not, you know, they didn't show up. And that literally was the difference in that game. Mike Evans and Tom Brady looked like they did when they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It was ridiculous. So I still think Carolina is the better team. I really do. I think they beat themselves in that game. And – you know, Tom Brady and those guys, you came ready and you, it's hard to go punch for punch with them when you uh, play that piss poor on defense and you give up those big chunk plays and you have three turnovers on offense. And I want to talk about the offense because up to this point, Sam Darnold has played pretty well and he did play well in this game. There's no doubt about it. He he had some really good throws and windows that were pretty tight and throwing over guys and he had some really good plays, but the three plays, the biggest ones, and not all of them were his fault, but those three big plays ended up costing them probably the game as well. The fumble by Bozeman. I love Bozeman to death. He's a good man, but that snap, I don't know. It looked like Sam Darnold wasn't ready for it. Sam probably should have fell on the ball, and he didn't. He tried to pick it up and make a play, and that's kind of how Sam Darnold has been. Uh, really all of his career, it showed up and that really hurt them. I know a lot of people want to talk about, it, and I even brought it up. Me and you were at watching the game together. Sorry, I'm going way too damn long here, but Sam with the interception, yeah, it was maybe a punt, but they were driving at that point that, that at least was going to be probably three points or more for that drive. And that you take that off the field. So, and then, and how close that game finished, that would have mattered. So. Again, the turnovers were costly by Sam. Uh, the The corners played piss poor, and the D line really got no pressure. We, you know, we harp we harp on YGM so much. He played a hell of a game on Sunday. I mean, he showed up and had a couple of sacks when, uh, you know, the the Pro Bowl on the other side was non-existent. So, just hats off to him. I thought he had a heck of a game. Derek Brown doesn't get a pass either. He didn't play very well. And the, if you if you had to pick out a weakness on the Bucks offensive line, and I'll shut up after this, their their guards aren't weren't very good or aren't very good. So there should have been some interior pressure, and there wasn't on Sunday. Real quick, I want to get your opinion on something because you haven't really uh, came out and really stated your opinion on it. But um, Wilkes had some questionable coaching decisions on Sunday. Uh, there were a couple times towards the end of the game where he failed to call a timeout when it was a delay of game, um, which extended – made one field go longer, and I think it kind of sealed the deal on another third down. Um, 
what is your opinion on Wilkes? Do you think that he deserves a chance in Carolina next year? Um, do you think Carolina should move on? Um, officially, what is your opinion on Wilkes? Yeah, thank you for reminding me about the coaching decisions because I was talking so damn long, I forgot to even bring it up. Uh, I'll start with that, and then I'll go to your question. The first fourth down, I didn't have a problem with him punting. The second one on the fourth and one, he probably should have went for it. It ended up he punted, then Tampa Bay scored a touchdown. Carolina fumbled on their next offensive drive and then gave up a field goal, and it was a 10-point swing. So he had a moment there, and I felt like that was the moment to go for it on fourth and one, and he should have done it, and he didn't. And he doubled down this week on it when he finally got asked about it. I'm shocked that reporters didn't ask him on Sunday after the game. But he finally was asked about it and doubled down and said, yeah, I still would have probably punted the ball there. Definitely think he should have won for it. When you're playing Tom Brady and those guys, Steve Wilkes has talked about it. He's never out of it. So you got to step on their necks, step on the gas, and you got to keep going. I mean, that, that team is going to score, and they've proven to come back in games. Tom Brady's proven it his entire career. So in that moment, I think he screwed up. You talked about the delay of game. Sam Darnold did not see the game clock, or the play clock, I mean. Clock went down. They get a delay of game. It was a third and four, I believe, or a third and five. That gets pushed back to a third and third and ten. I think it was like in the third quarter. Very pivotal moment. You need those short yardages. Carolina has struggled converting on third downs. You need to make those type of plays. So... Very disappointed on that. I know that's on Sam, but it's also on Wilkes. Someone on the sideline has to be ready to take those timeouts and be keeping an eye on the play clock, and they didn't in that moment. And if that was anyone else, if that was Matt Rule, they would be ripped a new one. So he deserves to be ripped a new one in that situation. So, again, disappointing uh, really across the board. As far as Wilkes and does he deserve – I think you said, does he deserve a chance, the head coach spot? I think he does. I don't think it's a lock because he didn't win this past game and he didn't, and it's, they haven't, they're not in position for a playoff spot. He got us to there, but he didn't, you know, follow through on these last two important games. So I don't think it's a lock. I do think he deserves a chance. I think he's going to be in the running. Um, and I'm kind of just I, – I hope David Tepper makes the right decision. I think Wilkes could be the right guy. I'm curious to see who he bring if he is picked, who he brings in, in on the offensive side of the ball and who he would like to draft as a quarterback because I think that is a must in this upcoming draft. But I definitely think he has a shot and a pretty good chance of getting that job. But again – We'll get in this a little bit. I don't know if David Tepper feels that way. So, again, we shall see in the next couple of weeks. I know there's a lot usually smoke during this time, and a lot of the stuff that comes out, half of it never happens and comes to fruition. So we shall see. But I think Wilkes has a has a pretty good shot, and he's made his case. And I think Tepper said, um, "Do you remember the word? It was it in." Um, was it impressive job? What was the word Tepper used on Wilkes? Incredible. Incredible. That was, I knew it was something with an eye. He had to do an incredible <laughs> job to be in consideration for the head coaching job. So I think he's done a pretty good job. 
it would have made it sweeter if he would have beat the Bucks this weekend. So we shall see. But I definitely don't think it's a lock at this point. I was looking. I We put out a poll on our Twitter. Uh, I think it was yesterday. And I'm just going to pull that up while I'm talking here. And I had asked fans. And we got a lot of freaking votes. So this is a pretty good indication how the fans are feeling. I said, should the Panthers keep Wilkes as the head coach in 2023? There's still 21 minutes left for this poll. So it's pretty much over with 13, almost 1400 people voted, which is, that's pretty damn good. That you know, Polls don't get that high. Usually 73% said, yes, he should get the head coaching job. 27% said no. So interesting uh, little tidbit there, but what about you? I don't, did you, I know, I know you've been, Kind of up and down with him. What's what do you feel? I don't know if you answered that when you were giving your explanation at all, but do you think he should uh, have a chance at that coach job? Yeah, I mean, I think he should be interviewed, and I think he's done a, a good job this year. I don't know if it was necessarily incredible. Uh, I think getting to the playoffs would have been the incredible stamp uh, from Tepper, but I think um, – I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if they go a different way. Um, I wouldn't be upset if they hire him. You know, I think that there are there are better options um, than Wilkes, in, in my opinion. Um, starting with Jim Harbaugh, uh, who is a proven winner in this league and back to back NFC championships, went to the Super Bowl, has developed Multifell. Um, but yeah, I think I think Wilkes is going to be in the process, and I think he deserves a chance a chance to interview, and should be co- uh, heavily considered when you've taken all the facts. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go elsewhere. I'm not really convinced that um, he is, Wilkes is liked by the fans. Uh, even, you know, our poll is, is pretty much proves that. But I think Tepper may want that clean slate that uh, I've been talking about for a long time now. So The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football and it comes all down to the national championship game happening on Monday. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. Now, I'll tell you what. Bryson this week, he's got a pick for you guys. And he is sticking with the Jacksonville Jaguars three weeks in a row. He hasn't been wrong when picking them. They're a six and a half point underdog, or excuse me, a six and a half point favorite over the Tennessee Titans. He has got Jacksonville covering in that one and winning the game. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, now let's get to that. We might as well jump right in um, because at this point in the season, this last game, I know they're going to be playing you know, playing a win, but at this point, it really doesn't matter. So I want to give kudos to Will Kunkel. He's been a guest on our show, has gotten a lot of shit from fans, but uh, he has shown that he's got reliable sources and people need a little, uh, have a little trust in him. So Jim Harbaugh, he had tweeted this out. This was yesterday, so we're going to start there and then move to his report today. But he said Jim Harbaugh has made it known he's sincere in his interest in the Panthers' head coaching job. 
He likes the roster and loves the opportunity, according to Will Kunkel's sources of Queen City News. And then today, the latest, uh, and Will took it a step further, and which has really sparked some interesting conversations on Twitter, and that was uh, Kunkel. He tweeted, Panthers owner David Tepper and Jim Harbaugh have had, quote, conversations about our conversation, not not multiple. It just says a conversation about Carolina's head coaching vacancy. So interesting stuff. Uh, developments. I know someone tweeted earlier this week that you got to be careful sometimes of <laughs> what you're reading, some of the reports that are out there. But Bryson, you kind of you know talked about it just a little bit here. But what are your thoughts on Harbaugh coming to Carolina? Yeah, I mean, he would be my my top choice uh, for a head coaching candidate. Uh, I didn't really think it was a possibility. I didn't think that he was going to consider leaving Michigan. Um, but from all reports coming out right now is that he does want to return to the NFL. And um, like I mentioned prior, he's a proven winner. I think his record was 44-19 in four seasons. He's never coached a, he's never coached a losing team in the NFL. He, he's never had a losing record. Um, he is what – uh, a lot of people want. He is a culture builder. Um, he, by all accounts, is a good human being, which is very important. A good leader of men. Uh, I mean, coaching runs in his family. He was a quarterback in Carolina a long time ago. Uh, I mean, Jim Harbaugh would be a home run hire. Um, every team with a vacancy right now, I'm sure, is in contact with Harbaugh, uh, trying to get him uh, on their team as as the head coach. But uh, uh, Harbaugh is, is the kind of coach that you give the Matt Rule deal to and the Matt Rule control over the roster. Harbaugh is that guy. Harbaugh is everything that Matt Rule isn't. Um, and Harbaugh has proven to be a winner. And that is the most important thing in my eyes. Uh, I think that he's probably one of the safest hires and he's one of, and he's the best hire. Uh, and I hope Tepper sees it that way. Um, because I really think if Harbaugh is a hire in Carolina, um, we're gonna we're gonna be winning some games in the near future. Yeah, it was music to my ears. To be totally honest with you, uh, if the, if they would land Harbaugh, it would be great. Um, you look at his history in coaching. He's won at Stanford. He's won in San Fran. He's won in Michigan. He's literally won everywhere he's gone, and won at a high level unlike Matt Rule. Okay, and that's coming from a guy who liked Matt Rule. They are not comparable. You see it online. They're not comparable whatsoever. People want to compare him because he's coming from college. But Harbaugh in the NFL took San Fran and in one year brought them to the NFC Championship game. Went... I believe it was eight and eight his first season with the team. Don't quote me on that, but um, really impressive. They went to after that. They went to three. They went to three straight NFC Championship games. They went to one Super Bowl in that time. Obviously, they lost. He lost to his brother John Harbaugh against the Ravens. We all remember that game. He ended up coming back. They ended up losing. Uh, he kind of, he, I mean, not kind of, he was the one that put in Colin Kaepernick over Alex Smith uh, when Alex Smith was you know, still playing at a pretty good clip in that season. They went on to, uh, I mean, they went on, won the division, 
whooped up on the Packers. Everyone knows that game. That was like the Colin Kaepernick freaking coming out game in the playoffs when he had all those rushing yards against the Green Bay Packers and ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. So Harbaugh is a great coach. Uh, he went back to his alma mater in Michigan, brought them to a college football playoff, went undefeated this season. And the only thing he hasn't won yet in both the college and NFL is the big dance. He hasn't won the Super Bowl. He didn't win, you know, a college, the college football championship. Um, but I mean, this guy has proven it everywhere he's gone that he can win. And if somehow they land him, I would love it. It would be great for Panthers football. It would uh, bring a lot of chatter and media attention to this area, which highly needs it at this point. And I just, uh, I was texting JJ earlier today. I just hope David Tepper makes the right decision. If it's Wilkes, I hope it's the right decision. If it's Harbaugh, I hope it's, it, it's gotta be the right one. He cannot get this wrong anymore. He's, I mean, since he's been owner, this team has just been a disappointment to its fan base and a disappointment to the Carolinas. And I get it. I get we want to base it. Well, let's just get back to winning and just bet a little bit better than Matt Rule and get back to just competitiveness. No, they need to get back to winning and uh, taking or competing for a Super Bowl. And that's and that's what this next hire needs to do. So it's a high bar. Uh, I mean, Matt Rule has set it very low, but I don't want us to get you know cross-eyed on that either as well. So. And I want to put this out there because since everyone else is dropping some coaching stuff, I had a chance to talk to David Tepper. It was very brief, but I got his attention during the Lions game two weeks ago. And I asked him how the coaching search was going on the sideline. And I thought it was very telling that he did not once mention Steve Wilkes in that answer, which was... I was kind of shocked and he replied with a question and asked me, what do you think of the guy on the other sideline? And he was referring to Ben Johnson and, and I said, Oh yeah, I know about Ben. And then I talked about what I mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, he was, he played high school football in Asheville was a walk on at UNC. And I said, you know that, right? And he goes, Oh yeah, we've done our homework. So just something to keep in mind. That's why I've, you know, become, I don't know what the right word is for it, but I don't know if Tepper's completely sold on Wilkes as much as the fan base is. So just something to think about as we move forward here. Don't know if Ben Johnson's the right answer. I think that's more a little, I think that's a little risky to me. I would rather go with a guy maybe like Steichen, who's been a coordinator for a couple of years with the Philadelphia Eagles and has really taken Hertz to the next level and has had him playing at a, you know, MVP caliber type quarterback before he got injured. Uh, but just something to keep in mind moving forward, because, you know, things are going to really start to heat up. Tepper has been, you know, they fired Matt Rule in October. He has had a couple of months to, you know, really sit back and evaluate this team from a bit, uh, a micro, macro, macro perspective. I think I'm using the right word there, macro perspective. And to look and see really what this team needs. And maybe this report is to, you know, stir up some more 
you know, more competition with, you know, the likes of the Colts. That's Jim Harbaugh's former team, Denver Broncos, who's got Russell Wilson. And they actually, you know, they have a quarterback in place at this point, whether you like him or not. So I don't know. I don't know where this report's going to go from here. I hope it's good things to come for Carolina because it always seems like David Tepper wants to make that splash higher and Harbaugh would definitely be that. But every time there's rumors about a splash hire, it never comes to fruition for this team. And we know them all. I don't need to list them. List them. So things will be interesting over these next couple of weeks because after this Saints game this weekend, it's going to, I mean, it's going to move quick. It really is. And it sounds like, according to the athletics reporting, that if Harbaugh gets offered a contract in the NFL, it's a done deal. So we shall see. Get your popcorn ready. Yeah, let's hope it's in Carolina. Well, why don't we talk about this last game, Bryson, here coming up, Saints game. I know there's not a whole lot. It looks like Carolina, uh, based off of their position right now, they're in they're in ninth, they're at ninth place right now in the draft order. It looks like they can go between six and nine. Is that right? Six and nine, I believe, for the draft pick. So they can move up as far so, yeah. as six. They could stay right where they're at depending on this weekend's games. Thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a game that doesn't matter, unfortunately, um, in the grand scheme of things. I guess it does matter in regards to draft order. Um, this is a game that, you know, you really want Carolina to lose to get as high as possible in the draft. Um, but there's no way – a Steve Wilkes coach team is going to come out and, and try to lose a game on purpose. So um, obviously I think I would prefer for them to lose and, and be as high as possible to either take a quarterback or to move up and, and not have to give up as much being that you already have a higher draft pick. Um, but um, the saints have nothing to play for either. Um, it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be uninteresting. Unfortunately, we wish this was a game that it was winning in for Carolina. Um, but uh, as we've talked all episode, that is not the case. So, uh, yeah, I think um, I think we just watch it and, and, and see. Uh, I mean, maybe, you know, Terrace Marshall shows some more growth or Iquanu bounces back from what was one of his not-so-great games of the year um, or – and see if Sam Darnold continues to take steps um, and, and maybe submit his uh, role in Carolina as a backup or a bridge quarterback. Yeah, I don't have much to say because this game don't mean a whole hell of a lot, to be totally honest with you. If I had to pick, I kind of hope they do lose so they get a little closer to the top of the draft. But I think – Yeah, I was struggling to get it out. I think they're going to bounce back. I really do. I think those guys – it seems like anytime Wilkes – and the the Wilkes led Panthers have a down game. They bounce back in a pretty good way the next week. I mean, you can just go back to those last couple games. After the Cincinnati game, they held the Ravens to 13. Then go ahead, beat the Falcons after the Steelers game, bounce back, whoop up on the Lions. You get you get you get the pattern there. So I do think they're gonna bounce back. If I had to do a pred uh, prediction, just a quick one, because I want to talk to you a little bit about the draft. 
because there's some guys in some games that have been played, and we need to talk about that a little bit because that we're coming to that point of the season. I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Panthers this week. I'll I'll, I'll finally pick them again. I'll do 31-17. They win big against New Orleans. Dang. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're probably right. I think the Panthers will win this game just because nobody wants to win it, and uh, Carolina should lose for the betterment of their future. So Carolina's going to win, and I think Carolina will win probably a close game. I don't think it's going to be as uh, big of a blowout as, as you're predicting, but I think 24-21 Carolina. All right, let's talk about these some of these draft quarterbacks here quick because we had, we had some games this past – Week or so, we had C.J. Stroud showing out against probably the best defense in college football, Georgia, taking them. I mean, they were going toe-to-toe until the end there. Missed field goal to win the game. Bryson, C.J. Stroud, how you feeling about the guy? Yeah, I mean, he he definitely improved his draft, draft stock from that game, that performance. Um, showed a lot of stuff that he hasn't showed, really, in in his career, um, especially with, with his legs, using his legs, uh, running the ball, not something that he typically does. He, he did that in this game, um, showed that, that ability. Um, he was under pressure a lot, made some really good throws. Um, I really think that he and Bryce Young are, are the two top quarterbacks in this draft, and I think both of them are going to be franchise quarterbacks, and I think both of them could start um, year one. I don't think either of them need – a year behind anybody, um, although it could be good for their growth. But I think both are, are going to be ready in training camp to, to fight for a starting job uh, year one. Yeah, give me Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in that order. I'm sold on these guys. I will do more watching of their games. I've seen several, but I think w- one of those guys could be a good fit in Carolina and finally take this team from the depths of hell and take them out of it because <laughs> it's been it's been rough it yeah. has been and they have not taken a chance on a quarterback since 2011 and the the guy we know all so well in cam newton so it's the year i don't i'm tired of hearing otherwise i'm tired of seeing going defense i'm tired of seeing going the edge rusher, the cornerback even now because of this past game. No, 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 a thousand times again. No, it is quarterback or nothing else in the first round. I still don't understand how fans can try to uh, argue any other way. And if Carolina can get a guy like C.J. Stroud, I think they're going to do whatever they can to do it. And they have the ammunition now that they traded away Christian McCaffrey. They have the picks. And I think they are going to pull the trigger this offseason, no matter who is the coach. And Carolina will finally get their quarterback. And that does not put a stamp on Matt Corral's journey in Carolina because the quarterback who plays the best in training camp in preseason is going to start the season and let the cards fall where they fall. And I don't think that, you know, takes Matt Corral out of the equation. I just think that puts a little bit more pressure on him. It's going to make his, make his journey to the top a little bit harder. 
but it's a win-win for Carolina then. They're going to get a good quarterback no matter what, Absolutely. and they're going to have probably a decent backup. And we haven't even talked about Sam Darnold, so we're going to talk about him now because we even – I forgot to mention this, and I wanted to get your opinion. Should Sam Darnold be brought back as a bridge quarterback for the Panthers? Yeah, I think um, I think Sam is, has shown enough um, here recently that um, he can – be a decent starting quarterback. Um, and I think a bridge quarterback is, is a very good uh, role for him to play. He's obviously a great teammate. He's been through a lot with going through Baker and, and a lot of other things that he's dealt with here in Carolina. So um, bringing Darnold back probably wouldn't be the worst idea ever. And I don't think that uh, Carolina is against it either. Um, I think that's probably something they're considering um, based on the play that he's had recently. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this because I remember before he started, I said I don't want to see him play another snap for this team. But he's a viable backup. He is. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, the way he's played these last, I think five games he's played now, four or five, something like that. Steve Wilkes has shown with good coaching around him and an offensive line, he's viable when you need him. I don't think he's a starter in this league, but I do think he is a viable backup option and a bridge quarterback. And Carolina is looking for someone like that, especially with Corral coming off of that leg injury. You offer him a low, low tier contract and, and hope no other team tries to scoop him up and he might stay here. And he's, you know, he has played, he's had, you know, some really good throws over these last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I definitely think it's in consideration. I think they will lend a contract to him. I don't, I don't think PJ Walker will ever be in a Panthers jersey after this year. Um, but yeah, I definitely yeah. think Sam Darnold is an option for a bridge, but he is not a, I don't think he's a starter. I've seen that a little bit online. I don't yeah. think. Sam Darnold tends to have streaks. He'll have three to four clusters of games where he looks really good. And then after that, it just kind of, it just unravels and keeps unraveling. And he was, he was in that cluster these past couple of weeks. So that's where I don't, I still don't have enough confidence to say, yeah, I, let's screw the QB position. Let's go out and get an edge rusher in the draft. No, that's, that's not what you're, that's not what this team needs to do. But he is a viable option to bring back and let someone him be in the locker room because he's a great locker room guy. Everyone loves him in the locker room. And I feel like he could be good for a rookie coming in along with Matt Corral after this season. So, yeah, I definitely think it's an option for Carolina. One last thing, we're kind of jumping around here, Bryson, but let's end on this. We'll end on Harbaugh again because this is a question I forgot to follow up on before. David Tepper gave Matt Rule full control over this team. Fired him, and then during his press conference after firing him, said he would be it would be hard to give another coach that kind of control. And from... What I've seen online, it sounds like Harbaugh, Harbaugh wants that control. 
So I guess it's a two-part question. Do you think Harbaugh wants full control? And do you think David Tepper would give him full control again to another coach? Or do you think it should be a mix with him and Scott Fitterer and Dan Morgan and kind of this shared nucleus of sorts for those guys? To me, it does seem like Harbaugh would would want um, full control. Um, just seems like the kind of uh, coaching career or coaching job that he would want coming back to the NFL, um, being that that's what he had has had in Michigan, and um, and I think he's kind of had that at San Francisco as well. So um, I think you do whatever you have to do to get Jim Harbaugh to the Carolina Panthers. So uh, if that's what he wants and that's what you do, um, you, you, you know, give that role that Matt Rule was in, that Scott Fitterer was working well in with, with Matt Rule. Didn't seem like there were any tensions or anything between the two of them. Um, so I think, you know, you keep Scott Fitterer around, you keep Dan Morgan around, and you give uh, Jim Harbaugh the final say on, on roster decisions. And I think you, you know, just see where it takes you. Um, again, I think Jim Harbaugh is a proven winner everywhere he's been. Uh, back-to-back NFC championship, NFC championships, went to the Super Bowl, lost in the Super Bowl, but has shown that he knows how to coach. Uh, he coached Kaepernick, uh, you know, build that quarterback, that quarterback's career, and uh, Andrew Luck. So uh, I think it's it's going to be uh, re- he's going to be a hot candidate, and I think you should do whatever you have to do to uh, to get him um, in Carolina. I'm not certain if he wants full control. I'm wondering if the situation is right and he does he does like this roster and he likes Scott Fitterer. I think it could be a shared a shared effort between the two if that makes sense. So, and then on the other side of that, I don't know if Tepper would give someone full control again. I really don't. I mean, maybe I mean maybe he's got lovey-dovey eyes for Harbaugh and wants to bring him back, but it seemed like he was uh, there was some conviction when he talked in that Matt Rule presser after he fired him that he wasn't comfortable doing that right away. So I don't know. That's that's honestly where I could see where this thing could get. They could be a part on in a contract. Is this point right? At what we're discussing now, because it seems like Tepper doesn't want to do that at this point. Maybe he falls back on it, and you know Harbaugh and his resume will kind of push that over the edge and he does, you know, regain that and Tepper kind of uh, reverses back to his old ways. But who knows, maybe Harbaugh can uh, bring some meatballs and his wife can make up a crock pot of meatballs and he'll be all right then. So <laughs> we, shall, we shall see. But yeah, man, it is going to be fun. I seem, I mean, I'm tired of this, you know, carousel of coaches and interviewing them every year because uh, clearly that means your team is shitty so hopefully this is the last time we have to talk about this for a while over the next couple weeks but things are going to get interesting very quickly after this Saints game so stay tuned for that it should be a good one and we just want to thank everyone for listening in to Panthers on Tap podcast you can catch all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news and as always 